Fill our worship with grace, Lord Jesus Christ, that every thought, word, and deed may be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I invite you to rise now in body or in spirit as we join in our call to worship. God is the one that's calling us to worship, and we are going to respond to him. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you. Sing praises to your name. All right, we're going to learn our new song, and we're going to sing it together.
pray with me together. Sing praises to God, O you saints, and give thanks to God's holy name. We exalt you, O God, for you have restored us to life. We may cry through the night, but your joy comes in the morning. You hear us, O God, and you are gracious in our distress. You turn our mourning into dancing. Our souls cannot be silent. O God, our Savior, we give thanks to you forever. Sorry. 
may be seated. God, whatever comes my way, I will trust you. There have been so many things in our lives that have given us upheavals, right? And that's the beauty of why we come together as a church to praise, to worship, to trust our God. And when we gather to praise God, we remember that we are people who have preferred our wills to his. And so friends, accepting his power to become new persons in Christ, let's together confess our sins before him and before one another. I will pray and you can respond with amen. Almighty and merciful God, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Spare those who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared to the world in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O merciful God, for his sake, that we may live a holy, just, and humble life to the glory of your holy name. And we say together, Amen. Let's take a few moments of silent confession.
Isaiah says, Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Friends, this is the good news. We say together, thanks be to God. Let's stand and sing together about the Lord our shepherd.
share that peace with each other. Then you may be seated. This is the part of the service where we acknowledge everything that God has blessed us with and remember to give a portion of our gifts back to him. You can do that in the box, in the fellowship hall, or online. Um, and now we come to God in prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning so grateful that you are our God and that you care about us and desire a relationship with us. We thank you for this time every Sunday morning that we can set aside all our other responsibilities and come to spend time with you and our church family. We are recalibrated and reminded of who, you are, how, who we are in you. It is good to be here this morning in the building, worshiping and praising you. And at the same time, we are so grateful for the ability to stream our service over the internet so that everyone can participate even if they can't be here. We thank you for the volunteers and staff who work so diligently to plan the service and the many people who are here, were here early this morning setting things up. Dear God, we thank you for providing a new senior pastor for our church. We ask that you would bless Pastor Matthew and his family that they, as they begin to settle into their new home and job. We ask you to guide our church as we begin a new phase in our history. Help us to seek your will as we continue to build your kingdom here in Whitensville. And as COVID cases continue to increase exponentially, we ask for wisdom in making decisions on how to lead our lives. We ask for patience and comfort as things are canceled or postponed. We miss the way life used to be, and we pray that you would bring healing for those who are sick and comfort for those who have lost loved ones. Dear God, we especially lift up Bernie and Minnie and Donna as they've lost a family member this week, and we ask for comfort for them. As we approach Thanksgiving, help us to remember how much we have to be thankful for. You have blessed us with so much materially. We have houses that keep us warm, food to eat, and even support systems to fall back on when times get tight. But even more importantly, you have loved us enough to send your son to die for us. We thank you for the salvation and hope that you have given us. As we remember all these things, help us to show our gratitude by giving generously back to you. And now as we listen to your word being read and preached, help us to open our hearts and minds to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we hear from Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Pleasant Street Church. It's good to be with you all on this November morning. Some of you may be more familiar with Psalm 23 in the King James Version. That's the one that I grew up with, where it says, I shall not want. John just read a version that said, I lack nothing. And to be honest, I considered walking up this morning, and in this version that I... I'm reading, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. And so I considered coming up and just saying, Pleasant Street Church, you have Jesus, Emmanuel, you have what you need, and then mic dropping and stepping off. <laughs> but since I don't have a mic and I have a, uh, a microphone that's close to my ear, maybe I'll stay up here just a little bit longer. Because the Christ who's with us has words to offer comfort and compassion. I got to pray with Donna and her parents this morning, and we need comfort and compassion in light of the valley of the shadow of death. I had a friend this week who lost his little girl. We need the comfort and compassion of Christ in the valley of the shadow of death. And he still offers us the courage and conviction that when we're in such a dark place, when it hits us and the tears start flowing, that he will give courage and conviction that we don't have to be afraid because he is with us. And this comes from someone, one of the greatest songwriters in history. We have this song, this prayer preserved for us for thousands of years. And I wonder when he wrote it. We're not sure when King David wrote this psalm. But if we consider his life, we have someone who understood poverty as a shepherd as well as wealth as a king. We have someone who was a giant slayer who had great faith in God and yet turned away from God and became a murderer of a husband. We have someone who was both an adulterer and a father whose own son betrayed him. And so may this psalm not become too familiar for us where we just see it as preserved, but a psalm that is often memorized by children at the beginning of their lives as well as probably the psalm that is said the most at people's deathbeds. That whether David wrote this when he was young or when he was old and he was looking back at his life, at the moments in which he was a shepherd and needed the Lord to shepherd him, as well as when he was anointed king and needed the Lord to anoint him for what God had called him to, that this is a psalm for all of us this morning. The Lord is our shepherd. Each of you, Pleasant Street as a whole, you have what you need if these words are true. 
And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us not only hear these words and have ears to hear them, but that he would open the eyes of our heart to see how right now, in sickness and in health, in weakness and in strength, Jesus is your shepherd. You have what you need. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of the living God, this is your holy word. It's a word we need to sing. It's a word we need to be silent in the midst of the singing over us. And I pray, dear God, that whether we've heard this just a few times or hearing this a thousand times, that we'll receive this word again. We'll receive it in the gracious word that it is, with gratitude as well as in the powerful word that it is, that we are offered your very presence. And we don't have to go through any wilderness or step into any promised land alone. Lord, as you bless Matthew Burns as he steps into this new pastoral ministry, as you bless Pleasant Street Church as they end 2020 together, may they go with you. And we thank you that this is not only possible, but it is powerful to lead us on. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Lisa Fenn's book, Carry On, where if you're looking for a book right now that you'd like to end 2020 with, it's one of my favorite nonfiction books written in the last 10 years alongside Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy. The full title is Carry On, A Story of Resilience, Redemption, and Unlikely Family. The time that Lisa wrote this book, she was a producer for ESPN. She would go out to find the amazing stories that were happening around the world in relationship to athletes. And this story is about when she met D'Artagnan, a legally blind wrestler in Ohio, whose best friend was Leroy, another wrestler who had no legs. And Lisa tells the story of not only meeting them and creating a video of their story, but how she became family with them. And as wonderful as that story sounds, it had a lot of valleys. And Lisa says this, when you're in the middle of a story, it's confusion. It's darkness. It's a lingering ache in the gut. It stabs to the chest. It's a feeling of being swept up in a reckless current with no boat, no life jacket, and no indication of whether you are headed for calmer waters or a deeper abyss. It is only afterward when we tell someone else these experiences that it becomes anything like a story. Pleasant Street Church, you are living in the midst of a story of a church that's more than 100 years old, in the midst of a people of God that he's been faithful to throughout the millenniums. But right now, you may feel swept up in a reckless current. All you may see right now is confusion and darkness. You may be sitting here with a lingering ache in your gut. 
But here's the good news of the gospel is when we sing this story to each other like we have this morning, when we tell it to other people about the God in our midst, it starts to become a story in which you are part of the family and you are going forward with the God who has led through wilderness, who has brought people out of slavery, who moves us from death to life, even death in the midst of a moment like a pandemic. Even in the death of relationships in the midst of contentious times. And I found myself, if you've already heard it, saying in the midst over and over again in my sermons because we are in the middle of something, but we follow a God who's in the middle of it with us. Pleasant Street Church, Jesus is your shepherd. You have what you need. The three points for my message this morning are you have what you need when life is full of delight. We can see this in David's song in the first three verses. My second point is, Pleasant Street Church, you have what you need when life is full of disturbance. David doesn't ignore that in verses four through five. And Pleasant Street Church, you have what you need when life is full of deliverance. Delight, disturbance, and deliverance all in a psalm in just six verses because the Lord is our shepherd. Verses one through three again say, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths of his namesake. Some of you are saying, man, I just wanna live verses one through three. We can forget the rest. But we won't understand the God we have until we see him in the midst of all the rest. And to understand that David says at the beginning, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need, is to hear again that refrain over and over in verses two and three and four and five and six. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I want some of that delight, Mike. Well, here's the key. Are you willing to be led to those quiet waters? Are you willing to be renewed with his life rather than what you're grasping for? Will you let him do his work? Because he's the word who speaks and we surrender to quiet listening if we truly want life to be a delight. He renews so we can surrender to rest rather than working ourselves to the bone trying to prove our worth. He leads so we can let go of the reins. See, there's a delight in surrender that renews the lightness of being in knowing there's a God who's sovereign like we just sang. But too often, the Lord is not what we want. And so we surrender to not delight, but to our default mode of trying to be our own savior. Father Gregory Boyle, who wrote two wonderful books, Tattoos on the Heart and Barking at the Choir. I love the title of that book, Barking at the Choir. Sometimes we need a God who, uh, who says, choir, settle down. I need to tell you something in the midst of what you're trying to sing. It's like barking up the wrong tree and singing to the choir, both together. 
He has a story where he talks about, because he's the founder of Homeboy Industries, which is an incredible nonprofit in LA that brings incarcerated women and men and gives them jobs in print shops and in bakeries. And he continues to hire thousands upon thousands of those in society that we'd rather not be around, but he, see God, he sees God in the midst. And he tells of this story in a chapel in a prison in which Psalm 23 was the reading. And he saw this young man get up to, ready to read this to his fellow cellmates in this chapel. But Father Boyle said he noticed that this young man got up in a way that concerned him a little bit because he wasn't timid or afraid. He got up like he was about to give a great oration, like he had the words down, like he knew what he was gonna say. And so as Father Greg sat there watching what was about to transpire, the young man got up as if he knew exactly what the words were And instead of saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, the young man got up and said, the Lord, I shall not want. (laughs) And that's humorous to us. But when we don't surrender to the delight of the Lord, that's what our lives look like. When we say, you know, Jesus, you can be my shepherd when I want you to, but in these circumstances, I'm not sure you're up to it. And Jesus, you can tell me, You're my shepherd and I have what I need, but actually here's the list of things I really need. And in confidence, we step up to our podiums and our platforms and our workplaces and our families and our households and our neighborhoods, and we try to say with confidence, the Lord, but what we're really saying is, the Lord I shall not want. But when the Lord is your shepherd, you have all that you need. And life isn't so heavy anymore because you understand the God who is with you. And really, when we can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need, when life is full of delight, we'll be able to step into, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need, when life is full of disturbance. Again, the words, even when I go through the darkest valley, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death. What? I will fear no evil. I will fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. How do we get from a moment of understanding that we're in the valley of the shadow of death, of great danger, and instead because someone's with us, we're not afraid, and it's so powerful that we can be among our enemies, and when you're at a table of your enemies and eating with them, you aren't leaving. You're not shouting platitudes over the aisle. You're eating with them, and it's so good, your cup's overflowing in disturbance. The words of sovereign that we just sang, and may they not just be words, but truth and grace given to each other. Sovereign in my greatest joy, sovereign in my deepest cry, with me in the dark. In your everlasting arms, all the pieces of my life, from beginning to the end, I can trust you. That's what David is singing. David the shepherd and the king. David the giant slaver and the husband murderer. David the adulterer and the father. 
I know the deepest depths that I've created for myself. I know how disturbing I am even to myself. When I would try to grasp and say, this is mine and I get to do what I want sexually and I get to do what I want spiritually and it's all my own and David getting called out by the prophet and saying, oh my goodness, what have I done? But David didn't get stuck in that darkness because he knew who was with him even in the valley of the shadow of death whether confronting the wolf or the bear that was trying to get his sheep or the armies that were trying to destroy his people. David said, I can trust you. Some of you with knowing smiles said, Mike, you're here to preach. You dressed up for us this morning. That's right, Pleasant Street, only the best for you all. But if you look at my t-shirt, you see... Maybe a whirlwind. Maybe a tsunami or a hurricane. You see something that is a trap, a maze, that you can't get out of. And the title of the t-shirt is Between Beauty and Chaos. But if you notice, there is this way out. There is this Christ who makes a way when life seems to just be spinning like a broken record and all you can hear are the bumps and the scratches along the way. But in the midst of the beauty and the chaos, there is a Christ who is your overcomer, who is your conqueror that can lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, that can set you with the table at your enemies and receive his love for them so that you stay with them and you can say, my cup overflows in this life of disturbance. Why? Not because we're not going to be afraid. Fear helps us recognize what's dangerous. In fact, be not afraid is in scriptures 365 times. Hmm, that's interesting. Where do we know the number 365? It's the days of the year. In the midst of the 66 books that we have in our Protestant Bibles, interesting that God would say, well, I'm going to include that phrase as many days as there are in the year. Because he knows we're going to be afraid. And each of us have sufferings that are not dismissed, whether it's small or large. But he's here to remind us, and we're here to remind each other, that we are not alone. That when the Lord is our shepherd, and we are his sheep together, Pleasant Street Church, you have what you need in the fullness of disturbance. See, there are many valleys with many dangers here in 2020. But we are encouraged not to be ruled by fear, but by the one who still ruled when he walked that Calvary road, by the one who still ruled when he gave his last breath, by the one who still ruled when he descended into hell, by the one who still ruled when he rose again, by the one who still rules right now as he's ascended on the throne, watching, giving us his Holy Spirit and ready to return. It's a good word. Uh Uh-oh, because that's what the enemy says when they hear those words. Uh Uh-oh, don't remind them, Mike, that the Lord is their shepherd, that they have what they need. Uh Uh-oh, don't remind them that there's a greater line of Judah than me who's running around trying to devour you all. Uh Uh-oh, there is a God who's both 
full of vulnerability and authority. Vulnerability to draw close to us and authority to reign over the danger in the valley of death that he knows we're going to walk through in this broken world as broken people. Andy Crouch wrote a wonderful book called Strong and Weak, Embracing a Life of Love, Risk, and True Flourishing. Not running away from life, but embracing a life of love that includes risk and true flourishing because this is our reality. And in that book, Crouch talks about there's really four ways to live. There's one in which there is suffering, and that happens to all of us. There's also one of flourishing. And by God's grace, that is what we're invited into with Jesus. But if we get them wrong, we'll move into withdrawing or exploiting. See, withdrawing is when there's no authority over us in life and we don't want any, as well as we don't want to be vulnerable and near anyone. And exploiting is, is when we grasp for all authority and make everybody else vulnerable, but not us. But flourishing, if we see the life of Jesus, if we see Emmanuel, God with us, it's a life of both vulnerability and authority. Because God, when he came in the flesh, didn't exploit his divinity, but made himself a servant. And at the same time, in being a servant, God, when he was resurrected, gave him the name above all names and all authority, the name of Jesus. And so in the midst of the life full of disturbance, we see we're vulnerable in the darkest valley. And yet in that vulnerability, we know the authority that we don't have to fear any danger. Why? Because the king of kings, the good shepherd is with us. I read a story of a man in Russia who spent 19 years in a prison for leading a house church. His name was Dimitri. And the way that Dimitri survived was in those 19 years, he sang a song when he woke up in the morning. Maybe God's inviting us to sing Psalm 23 every morning for the rest of this year, Pleasant Street, that you would wake up and sing. So because he was in a house church, he was separated from his wife and son. He woke up in a prison among 1,500 inmates who flung feces at him and who shouted him to shut up 19 years, sang to the God who was the love of his life. And his other practice alongside singing was anytime he would remember a verse or a song, he would write it and scribble it on whatever paper he could find. He put it on the pillar of his cell, knowing that every time it was found, he would get beaten by the guards. It's a valley of the shadow of death right there. And finally, one day they came and told him that his wife and son had been killed because of his faith and that they would release him if he would denounce Christ and say that he was working with the U.S., this was during the time of communism, to undermine their society. And so Dimitri, in a moment of brokenness, decided, I'm just going to give up. But the night before, he was to give that lie and that testimony. He was somehow revealed to by God that his wife and son were not dead. And so he went to the soldiers and he said, you lied to me. I know they're alive. I will not deny Jesus. And they said, okay, now we're going to execute you. Now listen to this. On the morning that they were walking him out to execute him, all of a sudden, Dimitri heard 1,500 voices begin to sing the song of love to the God that he had sung to the previous 19 years. 
the men who had lived in that valley of the shadow of death with him. And when they heard the name of Jesus, they picked up their own filth and they threw it at his cell to try to hit him. And they cursed him and yelled at him. But on the moment in which they saw him walking to true death, they began to sing that song of love. And the guards with Dimitri began to shudder and looked at him and said, who are you? And you know what he said? My name is Dimitri and I am a son of the most high God whose name is Jesus. And shortly thereafter, the guards let him go and returned him to his wife and son. They didn't know what to do with that kind of vulnerability and authority in a place that they thought they had all the power. See, with Jesus, where rejection and enemies are present, invitation into something beyond becomes possible because we are anointed for such a moment with Jesus. And he does not give sparingly. This is a, not a theology of scarcity. This is a theology of abundance. Where when we receive this grace, it overflows even in a cell where people are trying to shout you down for nearly 20 years. But in a moment, everything changes. See, this is the life full of deliverance that David sings over us that is possible for us right now in 2020, even in the face of disturbances, even in the invitation of delight. Verse six, only goodness and faithful love. Listen to that. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. That's only true if you believe Jesus is the one that's pursuing you because he's the only one that only is all good and only is the one who keeps all his promises. All of us have experienced broken promises, whether from children, spouses, parents, friends, coworkers, but Jesus doesn't break his promise. So to hear this word in scripture, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, is you gotta believe that there's a good shepherd that's pursuing you as his lost sheep and he does not relent. I need to hear this word, man. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Are you in his house this morning? Whether you're listening online, whether you're sitting here, are you in his house? Do you know in Christ you're a beloved daughter and son? Because that's what gives you a life full of delight, even in disturbance. That's where you will find your deliverance. He's still pursuing you in the midst of these crazy times. Crazy times. I'm going to close with a story, and then I'm going to introduce a new song to you all, because I think we need to sing this again. On Halloween night, when there was six inches of snow on the ground in Worcester, a family that has become our pod, a single mom and her two sons, one of the sons had a birthday party, and they invited our family to join them outside in their backyard. Blue moon, stunning, freezing though freezing. And it was a costume party, no less. So I want you to imagine this scene. My wife and I go to this party with our four children dressed up in various ways. And I was dressed up in the pink bunny suit from a Christmas story. <laughs> Crazy times. Within five minutes of getting there, I couldn't feel my toes. Crazy times. Coronavirus is increasing. Crazy times. We're on the eve of a contentious election. Crazy times. And when I get there, one of the friends of my friend is somebody who's heavily involved in Worcester, in our community, and in politics. Just a wonderful advocate for the marginalized. 
somebody who grew up in a Jewish background, who has some family members that are Christians, who he doesn't agree with a lot in a lot of different ways. And he actually shared that about his life and his family story after our friend introduced me as a pastor, which I don't usually like to do at the beginning of a party, um, just because I don't want to play into people's pretenses of what that might mean. And by the way, I'm still wearing the pink bunny suit, so that's, that's this whole other thing in it. So maybe in a moment, I was actually embodying what people think of pastors anyways. Like, man, you're selling the Easter bunny. Um, but you know what? He asked me a question that uh, I'd never been asked before. As someone who, not a follower of Jesus, he looked at me and he said, what's your favorite sermon to preach? I mean, I love, I love preaching this sermon. I love preaching with you all. I love preaching with Emmaus City Church. There are plenty of sermons to preach, but the name of our church is Emmaus City Church, so I told him the story of the Emmaus Road of Jesus coming alongside those who had hoped for something else, who were disturbed, and came alongside them in compassion, listened to what they had to say in their grief, opened up the scriptures to say all these things had to happen, ate with them in a meal, and revealed himself to them and it shocked them so much in the middle of their night of their valley of the shadow of death that they had to get up from their table at Emmaus and run back to the city that had so many enemies because if this resurrection was true it wasn't just a spiritual idea it wasn't just a new philosophy of life it was worth everything even if they were crucified when they got back to Jerusalem to tell people Jesus is alive and again remember I'm telling this in a pink bunny suit where I can't feel my toes and it's Halloween night with a blue moon over me. And this man looked at me and he said, that's beautiful. I think I might need to read that story again. Pleasant Street Church, to go back to Lisa Fenn's words, you are in the middle of a story, but you have the gospel story to tell. And it's okay if you feel numb in all places in your body, if you think you're crazy and that you're dressed up in a pink bunny suit and just selling the Easter bunny, guess what? This gospel still has power to break through because in the midst of this Jesus, who is our shepherd, we have what we need and only faithful love and goodness is pursuing us all the days of our lives and we get to dwell in the household of the Lord forever. So be free to share this good news right now. Not the good news of it's gonna be better in 2021. Not the good news of you voted this way or that way. Not the good news of how you're feeling in this moment, but the good news that the Lord Jesus is your shepherd. You have what you need. And so Becky and I decided to invite a guest to come and help us sing that a little bit more. Uh, right now, a way that the Lord continues to minister to me is through the incredible songs that are somehow being released in 2020 by Maverick City Music, by Urban Doxology, by People in Songs, by Common Hymnal. There's all these different groups right now, the Porter's Gate, that are releasing songs that are so prophetic to this moment that we're in. So Becky and I decided to reach out to People in Songs and say, hey, Josh Sherman, can you help lead us in this new... No, it's not like that. This video has existed for a couple of years. It's on YouTube. In fact, I want to sing it with you all because it's a call and response song. And as much as I could try to lead you in it, that might be a little too distracting. Um, I actually have done that before. It was fun. But uh, 
We're gonna bring up a video and I invite you all to stand in honor of the Lord who is your shepherd. That right now, you whether in body or spirit, to rise, whether in body or spirit, in honor of the one who's with us and we have what we need. And this video is a call and response, so you should be able to respond, but it also has the lyrics at the bottom of the screen. And the name of the song is Psalm 23, I Am Not Alone. Continue to stand for the benediction. You are not alone. His spirit lives within you so you can walk in his peace. Jesus is your victory, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Now may the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you complete in everything good so that you may do God's will, working among us, Pleasant Street Church, in Northbridge, in Whitensville, that which is pleasing in God's sight, through Jesus Christ, our shepherd, our king, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you.